Welcome to Mystical Musings, November 15th, 2015. Here in the Mile High City of Denver in the Art of Life Gallery with Myron McClellan and me, Lawrence Phillips. We are here today in the Art District on Santa Fe Drive with the largest concentration of art galleries in Colorado. Those of us who identify as spiritual but not religious, who are non-sectarian, non-denominational, non-doctrinaire, are the fastest growing demographic of the sacred communities in America. Thank you for joining us today, creating our community of mystics, people finding unity with God, the breath of life, the gentle whisper, the great spirit. As community of mystics who know beyond the intellect, spiritual apprehension of truths. I am because we are. I am because we are one celebrating body and spirit. Our mystic portal this month is from Meister Eckhart, one of the great mystics of all time. If the only prayer you said was thank you, that would be enough. If the only prayer we pray is thank you, that is enough. Thankfulness is a feeling or attitude about a benefit that one has received or will. Thankfulness is the focus of many of the world's religions, but the systematic academic study of being thankful only really started in the year 2000. Very interesting from a spiritual perspective, so much focus on distress collectively and psychologically with the tumult of the 20th century, but with the turn of the millennium, here is a reflection of a shifting humanity. American culture is imbued with the ritual of saying please and thank you, including passing on this habit to our children as a basic morality. We assume the habit is universal, but it is not. In China, polite expressions are used between strangers and represent a social distance. 
So using these expressions between friends is a faux pas. Please, thank you, you are welcome, represent a kind of application of democracy to what was once a futile obeisance, that treating everyone the way that one not that long ago in human history would have treated a lord or a lady. The habit of saying, of always saying please and thank you, first began to take hold during the commercial revolution of the 16th and 17th centuries, for which the middle classes were largely responsible. It is the language of commerce, and over the course of the last 500 years, it has spread all around the world. In English, thank you derives from think, which originally meant, I will remember what you did for me. But in, for example, Portuguese, as Myron tells me, abragado is the standard term, which in English is much obliged, meaning I am in your debt. The French word merci is even more dramatic, deriving from mercy, as in begging for. By saying it, you are symbolically placing yourself in your benefactor's power. Saying you're welcome, or it's nothing, in French de rien, Spanish de nada, is a way of reassuring the one to whom you have passed the salt, that you are not actually inscribing a debit in your imaginary moral ledger. So is saying, my pleasure. You are actually saying, no, it's actually a credit, not a debit. You did me a favor because in asking me to pass the salt, you gave me the opportunity to do something I found rewarding in and of itself. Noticing thankfulness in yourself right now. What arises? What do you begin the contemplation of thankfulness with? Just noticing what arises within. When thankful, we're receiving something beneficial, positive, desirable. Receiving a back scratch when you really need it. That first bite of a crisp, flavorful apple. that neck rub, the utter exquisite beauty of Colorado, that sense of awakening, well rested after a full night's sleep. Being thankful is remembering that wonderful meal the other night. Flavor flooding all my cells, says our friend Nathani. Multi-sensing, the taste, the fragrance, the pleasure, thankful, accepting the delightful nourishment with satisfaction and peace, just being in the fullness of the moment, each breath opening to the embodied sensorium of our temple, utterly thankful for the miracles of this embodied life. Remembering the wonder, the joy, the delight 
of being with a beloved friend the other night, touching heart to heart, evoking thankfulness, remembering that last time when you were in the car and you had a close call. Oh, thank God. That floods your embodied experience both a momentary experience and for some engendering a state of being deeply thankful, very appreciative of just being alive, not to have been in an accident, thankful for being safe and whole, realizing the gift this life is, realizing a deep sense of union with life, with the great spirit, with Mama Gaia, with this moment now. Thankfulness evokes awareness of what's wonderful and successful in our lives. Success breeds success, as well as flexibility in dealing and putting failure into perspective. Noticing that thankfulness feels wonderful. A warm light shining from within, dissipating greed, bitterness, selfishness, jealousy, envy, meanness. Thankfulness, turning what we have into enough, turning denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion into clarity, bringing peace and purposeful intention. If our only prayer is thank you, that is enough. Namaste. So glad you could be with us today. Uh, new people coming in and the old timers. It's just great to see all of you. And we were called, we felt, to a more urban environment because of the energy of the community. And we found this beautiful place. And they really want us to be here, which is really nice. This is an urban environment. And so you're going to see trains going back and forth. So in any case, uh, and the car is going by and there's some noise. And when I first started meditating in the uh, middle 60s, I was living on the campus at Princeton, and we were living separate house, but we were living on what was called the new 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 quad, which was just filled with dormitories. And so we'd hear a lot of noise going on, right? especially late at night on a party weekend. And so I asked. The first yogin from India I ever met, 
this disturbs me. He takes me away from my meditation and he said, no, you have two choices. One is to conflict with it and the other is to include it and bring it in and let it make you higher. So that's my advice. <laughs> Today when you see the trains and you hear the noise, it's all a part of what's going on and let's just internalize it. We're so thankful for this community. It means the world to us. And that is one of the, it's at the top of our list of things to be grateful for. So, so glad you're here.
Thank you. Thank you. Our mudra today comes from American Sign Language. Your dominant hand towards your mouth and extending that out. Thank you. Thank you. There appears to be so much darkness in the world right now and so many examples of seemingly increasing darknesses arising each day, foremost amongst them being the tragedies in Paris. Seems like each week, almost every day, there's a mass shooting in America. There's nuclear proliferation. Politics appears not only dark, but profoundly polarized, deeply dysfunctional, and even corrupt. Climate change is bringing extreme weather events with California drying up and Texas flooding. Just when you think it couldn't get worse, the intractable conflicts of the Middle East appearing, appear to be magnifying as I speak. Animal extinction globally is accelerating, seas are deteriorating, the bees are being devastated. July was the hottest month in history. There's the apparent decrease of empathy amongst chronic smartphone users, especially video gamers. Festering indicators of widespread negative influences include the fact that one third of us can't identify the Bill of Rights. 10% between ages 25 to 34 believe that the Constitution must be reauthorized every four years. 10% of college graduates think that Judge Judy is on the Supreme Court. Oh, the horrors. It's so easy to be pessimistic these days. But let's look from an optimistic perspective, which includes the extraordinary election in Myanmar, Burma, where Nobel laureate Aung San Suu Kyi, the Asian Nelson Mandela, imprisoned for 20 years, has led the democratic forces to victory for the first time in over half a century. But there is currently other incipient evidence for mass positive transformation that harkens back, back to the late 19th century with Dr. Nikola Tesla performing numerous experiments with rarefied gases in glass globes. You saw one of them coming in today. Uh, I was going to have it here, but the room is just too bright. But on your way out, you'll take a look, and that's plasma, a fourth state of energy. And it's just sitting on that table with all of our cough drops and the like. <laughs> These globes of strange light were the early experiments in plasma physics. Tesla was the genius who invented the AC motor, radio, turbines, robots, and wireless electronic lights, amongst many other things. The outer sphere has a proprietary mixture of safe, rare gases, which create the color flashes. The inner sphere radiates energy into the rare gases, which breaks electrons loose from the gas atoms, releasing energy that we see as light flashes. The free electrons are affected by the energy field around the sphere, and so when we place our hand gently on the glass, you can sculpt the plasma of what is called the eye of the storm. 
So you might be thinking, why does he have plasma here today? How is that incipient evidence for mass positive transformation? Well, if you get plasma really hot and compress it hard enough, nuclei can bang into each other enough to fuse. The heat and pressure being very extreme to do so, we're talking at the beginning 10 million degrees Celsius. That starts the road to creating what is hoped for as fusion energy. Now remembering the sun is some 17 million degrees Celsius and that some of the experiments currently unfolding on the planet include creating at least 100 million degrees, generating a clash and profound integration, fusing this fourth state of matter, plasma. There is incipient evidence for mass positive transformation when the possibilities of providing limitless energy to the world are being explored now more widely than ever before. There are right now, as I speak, several dozen prototype fusion nuclear reactors in various stages of completion all around the world. Most are being built by universities and large corporations and national governments, the most impressive of which is the International Thermonuclear Experimental Reactor in France with a price tag of $20 billion and a projected due date of 2027. In the last 10 years, a new front has opened in developing fusion, the startup, the engine of high-tech economy, which provides the opportunity for rapid iteration development that can only be done in the private sector. Investors right now include Amazon's Bezos, PayPal co-founder Thiel, Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen, as well as Goldman Sachs. The holy grail of cheap, plentiful, safe energy would be a game changer worldwide. But the joke about fusion is that it's 30 years away and always will be. <laughs> However, the participation of so many heavy hitters massively investing belies the humor. Heavy hitters including Nobel Prize winners, a myriad of advanced theor theoreticians, and bunches of billionaires. Fusion reactors could be ideal energy sources because if something goes wrong, they don't melt down, they just stop, while producing little or no radioactive waste and no pollution, with the byproduct being helium, which we could use to celebrate with balloons if it ever works. <laughs> Fusion may appear categorically impossible right up till it happens, like powered flight, moon landings. But for now, a lot of really smart people are betting their careers and fortunes on the transformative power of fusion, this month's incipient evidence for mass positive transformation. Adieu, shalom, Christ be with you. Assalamu alaikum, adios. Aloha, namaste. We honor the place in you wherein the entire universe dwells.
We honor the place in you which is of love, of truth, of light and dark, of peace. As you are in that place in you, and we are in that place in us, in this present eternal moment for which we are profoundly thankful, we are one. Namaste. The best laid plans oft go astray. I've been in such an ebullient mood moving into the holidays and moving into Thanksgiving, which is like my favorite. <laughs> my favorite because of all the food and because there are no gifts yeah. and to get together with family. And few of us have had a bad Thanksgiving. Lots of us have bad Christmases. <laughs> so I've just been so thankful for that and moving into the holidays with a, a very wonderful anticipation and joy. And then the terrorist attacks happen and it puts me into a very reflective state. Carl Jung said that when something happens in the collective, when something happens in the world, we can use that to look inside and say, what's, my, what's going on in me that's reflected in that? So, for example, you may remember years ago when Ethiopians were starving and we were all sending checks to them. And my Jungian friend said, there's something in us we're starving. And that's what we have to discover. And so it set a whole process going. So Carl Jung again would say, what does this mean for us? What does that mean? Violence, senseless terrorist acts. Now, the first thing that comes up for me is the violence inside ourselves toward ourselves. So for me, that violence comes from what I call the shame body, what others call the inner critic. But as we get closer to clarity, that voice comes up so often. And it takes us back to things we we're embarrassed about, you know, 40 years ago. I mean, anything that it can bring up to disturb us, it brings up. And so it's been out of control. There we can see there was no control. Everything was out of control. And so I think that the appropriate way to deal with that voice is to say, no thanks. I'm not going down that road. I'm not going to think about that. 
Those were old things in the past, and I've felt them, and I've moved on. Don't keep bringing them up. Well, not successful in having them not bring it up, but speaking to them really, really helps. To say, no, I'll go down another road. So that's one thing that came up for me. And the other thing that came up for me, because we're talking about prayer, uh, and Thanksgiving is all about prayer in a certain way, is that I found myself sending love and light to all of the French, the victims, but to all of the French, and to that city which for me is the most beautiful city in the world, the city of light. But I also found that I was sending love and light to the perpetrators, to the terrorists, because it doesn't help for us to send hatred to them. We can have our anger, we can have our grief, we can have our fear, but that's ours, and we can keep that close to us. And just feel those feelings through, because as you know, if you feel them, they go away. But to send that out to the terrorists doesn't help. It makes things worse. We want to send out the opposite energy of awakening. May you be free. May you awaken. May you feel loved. May you feel the divine presence in its original raw form. So it's an opportunity, really, spiritually, for us. And as spiritual people, or good-hearted people, it's our job to put the peace and the love into the energy of the whole. And not to be shaken from that. To know that's what that's about, which means expanding our own joy. Expanding our own groundedness and our in joy and in awareness and in love. And sometimes when I'm thinking about that, I find myself doing something that helps. And it's truly, I find myself doing it. No one tells me to do it. And I don't think of it by myself. But I find myself doing it. And the, the recent thing I found myself doing for three weeks or so, four weeks, is taking the phrase, thank you, and using it as a mantra. And what that means is just to get up in the morning and say thank you. Just many times a day, say thank you. Not thank you for a particular thing. That's important too. But just thank you. And that energy makes me smile. That energy makes things like relax in me. And as you know, I'm on the simplest path possible. I really like my spirituality simple and my practice simple. And so I use that many times during the day. Or if I find myself drooping a little bit, I would just say, thank you, thank you. And I find myself smiling 
and it really does lighten my heart. So for me, even though it may seem like a trivial device, it's not. And I invite you to try it because it, it has such gifts with it. There are other things that come to us that are small prayers that we discount and think that it's a habit or it doesn't really do anything. Like we see someone in distress and we say, God bless you. May you be protected. May you be free. These prayers have incredible power. My teacher emphasized this, and certainly in modern metaphysics, it's emphasized that what you think is kind of who you are. Uh, who you feel is who you are. It's all of that. But putting out those thoughts is not a trivial matter. It's just, it's a simple one. So I bring that to you today also. And to know, again, that your, your energy matters in the collective. Your word matters. You have a lot more strength. We have a lot more strength than we think we do. We have a lot more strength. And so when we know that, it inspires us to use that strength in the, in the service in some way. To use that spiritual strength in service. Another thing I have found going toward Thanksgiving when I'm thinking thank you for is that I haven't been doing the usual roster of things that I'm grateful for, health, wealth, fabulous relationship, great house, wonderful community, all of those things. Instead, it has been for the gift of life itself which is awesome when we think about it. The gift of awareness, the gift of compassion, the gift of strength and power, the gift of our lives to say from time to time, thank you so much for my life. It's an awesome, awesome gift. And I'm so grateful for it. So, one also wonders how to give that kind of <coughs> gratitude to the world, to the other person, to ourselves. And the simplest prayers are often the most effective. There's actually been a study uh, about that. Uh, when Rob asked me to teach with the American Holistic Medical Association, a class on music and healing and a class on prayer and healing, I did a lot of research. 
And the most effective kind of prayer, when someone you love is in the hospital or going to have surgery or is not feeling well for one reason or another, the most effective, measurably, most effective prayer is may God's will be done in your life. Not a directive prayer. Not, may you recover, may you have a fast recovery. We think all of those things. But we don't really have the knowledge to know what's totally appropriate for that person. And so we're handing that over. It's not asking God to do what I say to do. Right? I'm not telling God what to do. I'll let God be God. But I can, in great integrity and with great heart, say, may God's will be done in your life. May God's will be done in your life. It's very, very effective. And we can, today, we can say to all of those in France, may God's will be done in your life. May we say to the terrorists, may God's will be done in your life. And it supports them. It supports them. So keeping the prayers simple is a way of keeping the figuring out mind quiet. Quieter. Still haven't figured out how you do that all the way. <laughs> I just have those moments. But it does quiet you. And, of course, when we say any of those phrases that serve us or serve others, we say it out of joy, out of love, and out of inner peace. So when we go to joy, to inner peace, to love, what we put out has many, many times the power than it would if we're doing it casually or we're doing it from our heads. So some of you will remember that we read this Diane Collins book, many of us did, called Do You Quantum Think? And in that book, she says, your word is absolutely measurably stronger if you come from your heart. The brain waves of the heart are 5,000 times more uh, powerful than the brain, from your brain. So when we want to do something for ourselves or someone else, we go into that state. And we have that state of intention, whether blessing the world, blessing other people, or blessing ourselves. And while I was thinking about this, I was, it was around my birthday last month, and I found, uh, again, this is something I discovered, I didn't think of it, I discovered it, but w since this was my 75th birthday, there, was, there were quite a few little celebrations.
And so quite a few candles to blow out. <laughs> and it's, uh, you know, like make a wish. And what I found myself doing was going into a, a resourceful, loving, compassionate, powerful, beautiful, magnificent state and holding that while I blew out the candle. Mm -hmm. So it's like that kind of silent prayer, that kind of silent projection is a way we can truly help ourselves to will that for ourselves, to bring that into ourselves, a state of being, not health, wealth, and happiness and all that, but a, a resourceful state of being. Now, what I've been noticing also in terms of taking care of ourselves by doing intentions of what we want to come to us or intentions of a state of being we want to come to us, we have now more than I have known in the 44 years I've been on this path, more access to spirit guides than ever. And they can show up in little ways, and it's the little ways that I need, right? Help me get this jar open. <laughs> Help me with this zipper. Right? So uh, we can, more and more we're able to feel them, hear them, know them, beginning to see them. But please know those resources are available. Very available. And so you talk to the guides, again from a place of compassion, joy, and peace, and talk to them like you talk to other people. Don't put them on some pious pedestal. Make them your friend and ask them to help with anything. And it works miracles. So I am so thankful for all these blessings that have been coming around for me, for my friends, and for the world. And the thing about France is that ultimately, in the big picture, it moves us forward. Hard to think about that when you're in compassion, but honestly, Everything is moving toward awakening, moving toward freedom, moving toward awareness, moving toward a world of unconditional love. Namaste.
Then there is the thankfulness as mystics that we have of our practices, which for better and worse, in sickness and in health, we experience thankfulness at first more just for the positive outcomes, the warm and fuzzies. But after a while, we become thankful even for the challenges, for our worthy opponents, even for the fear and the anger and the grief that often is required to propel our growth and development. As you listen now first to different expressions of thank you in various languages and then to a variety of um, inspirational quotations, the attributions of which are on this table behind the Namaste sign, since this is not an academic le lecture, I don't want to distract us with names. I just want to evoke spirit. I recommend that you listen with your whole body, breathing more fully. Shishini, Mandarin. Shishini. With each thank you that arises, think of something for which you feel thankful. Grazie, Italian. Grazie. Domo arigato, Japanese. Domo arigato. Merci beaucoup. Kurzenem, Hungarian. Kurzenem. British, ta. Thanks a lot. Ta. Spasibo, Russian. Spasibo. Sukraan, Arabic. Sukraan. Gracias. Toda, Hebrew. Toda. Breathing, breathing, breathing. Gratitude turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion into clarity. Thankfulness makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. The deepest craving of human nature is the need to be appreciated. I'm thankful for all the weird people out there because some of them are the most creative. Being thankful for what I have and I'll end up having more. Concentrating on what I don't have, I will never 
ever have enough. Enough is a feast. You cannot do kindness too soon because you never know how soon it will be too late. This is a wonderful day. I've never seen this day before. Gratitude is a sign of noble souls. Thank you, dear God, for this good life and forgive us if we do not love it enough. Thank you for the rain and for the chance to wake up in three hours and go fishing. I thank you for that now because I won't feel so thankful then. <laughs> I am thankful for laughter except when milk comes out of my nose. Gratitude is the most exquisite form of courtesy. Thanks are the highest form of thought, and gratitude is happiness doubled by wonder. Myron and I are thankful beyond words for our mystical musing Sangha community. A blessed Thanksgiving to you and yours. Namaste. <laughs>